Welcome to episode 12 of Inside the CCHL here on CKDJ 107.9. Today we talk with Liam Soulier of the Nepean Raiders and Bennett Stockdale of the Canada Lasers. Inside the CCHL episode 12 starts now. Welcome to episode 12 of Inside the CCHL here on CKDJ 107.9 and listening online on the SoundCloud app or streaming online. Join us today, Liam Soulier of the Nepean Raiders, their goaltender, and red-hot forward of the Canada Lasers, Bennett Stockdale. As usual, joined in studio to my left is Brett Bonestiel. To my right, Mason Dietrich. I am your host, Diamond Dante. And my mic... Just broke right in front of me in the middle of the intro. So, Brett, take it away from here. Nice to have you back in studio to start. To start. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now you're going to have to hold that the rest of the way. Hold it. My mic just fell off its tower. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. It's been that kind of day for you. It really has. Actually, today I uh, broke my door handle for my garage. Out of rage? Nope. Just opened the door, and the door handle came straight off, and my mom kept... Came running down the sta- stairs yelling, Dante! She wasn't happy, eh? Oh, no. <laughs> then I uh, crashed the car, blamed it all on Mason, so overall, bad day. Bad day. Yeah. You tried to get Blame it, it on me? Yeah. I wasn't even in the car with you. Yeah, you, you were. We were Ooh. driving a Navin. Yeah, we, you were dr- yeah, you almost crashed the car when we were on our way back. <laughs> yeah, because, well, cause, well, reason is because the snow is slippery. That's why. Yeah. What about that time in Castleman? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, right. that was almost close. We almost crashed into a store. My goodness. <laughs> anyway, it feels great to be back in the uh, back in the fold here, you know? Uh, uh, the the break is too long. We, 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 it's uh, too long. We like, it's just, it's, it's unacceptable how long it is. We missed one week with, because um, of New Year's. Like, I, yeah. what? You know, like, it's just too long. I, I have break? serious withdrawals. From well, the anyways, happy new year because it's a so new anyway, year it's in 2018 and started off with a bang this week, definitely. Which game? CP versus the Ottawa Junior Senators. and I, I'm actually thinking about that game on Thursday night. 2 nothing win for Canada oh, over, okay. over Hawkesbury. Yeah, that's a good one. Was that game of the week or was OJS game of the week? Oh, OJS-CP is the game of the week. Okay. Especially with the late win. You know, minute thirty left. Big snipe. Ninety from seconds Thomas. to go. Yeah, and you know, one that slipped through Forgetti. He'd like to have that one back again. So yeah, obviously we start the 2018 week with a marquee matchup: Junior Senators Saturday night hosting the Carlton Place Canadians at the Jim Durrell Sports Complex. And Brett, both of you and I had the opportunity to sit down with Jason Clark before the game, or not sit down, stand with him while we waited for. Well, we didn't really wait for anything. We ate some we, concessions. Yeah, we went to the concessions. Right at the, the line, Jason and uh, you and I had the opportunity to, to talk, and um, there was a lot of things said that were very interesting, telling some good old stories uh, about the rivalry between Ottawa and CP. So obviously there was no question that it was going to be this tight of hockey game. Yeah, I, I predicted that prior to puck drop. I said there's not going to be a lot of goals scored here this game uh, with those goaltenders in the crease. Best two in the CCHL. Liam Soulier. Well, sorry, not arguably, Liam Soulier. Uh, arguably. Jeremy Forget against Connor, Connor Hicks. Hicks. Yeah, big, that, big matchup. That was a good matchup. Connor Hicks was the hero of that night for Ottawa, especially. 38 saves on 39 shots. Why not in your head? Was he not the hero, Dante? I thought Michael Thomas was the hero. He was the hero. 
But uh, Ottawa was outshot in the hockey game by Carlton play. So it's just who looks at the shots? Dante. Okay, well, shots matter because Ottawa wants to only give up at least thirty shots a game. Well, this was a game against CP, and obviously they've they've had allowed thirty shots in those four meetings between those two teams. And Martin quoted it: "We're we we're not trying to win. Well, they're trying to win, but it doesn't matter if we win or lose. We're just trying to match their physicality, match their." Play of hockey. Yeah, and, and those notches were crossed off for sure with a 2-1 win in regulation time. But if you look at this game, if you play this game 10 times in, ten times as a, as a serious good sample size, that game, Carlton Plays is going to win that game 8 out of 10 times because you want to know why? They're not going 0 for 7. On the power play. On the power oh, yeah. play, bud. They're not going 0 for 7 every game. And and I so thought they didn't have a bad... They're going to notch a couple power play goals on seven opportunities. They didn't have a bad power play either, I don't think. Because, I mean, you look at Theo Shardis was an absolute animal in that hockey game. A beast. He he was excellent on the back end. And it re- when you watch him closely, especially against top, a top team like Ottawa, it, it shows how much room he creates. How he finds guys, you know, below the goal line or in the slot area for shots. Mason? Yeah, definitely. Because you look at last the well, the last time these two teams met, Theo Shardis and Jerdukis. Theo Shardis had an one. amazing shot that was tipped by Knobloch in front. That won the game for Carlton Place because they won it in a shootout. That was the reason why, and Forchette was the reason. Both goaltenders were absolutely excellent in that hockey game, and I'm ever going to see that down the road between Man, those two teams. One thing we didn't see is the Ottawa Junior Senators, the killer against Ottawa, Justin Smunt. Oh yeah, we didn't see much of Smunt in that game. Well, I thought he was. I thought he looked good. He was effective out there. He had a, he had a lot of puck possession time. Smunt. No, he, and he, he had did. a lot of rushes, and he was creating. He's like he's a dynamic guy. Just didn't get on the score sheet. He just but. broke uh, Ottawa's hearts in Game Five last. No, Game Five last year, and um, ever since that game, he's uh, he he wanted in the shootout too. So uh, Justin Smunt is is a guy that just committed, and. He didn't get on the score sheet, but yes, you're right. He he. I thought he entered into the zone very well. He was um he was a force below the goal line behind the net. I really thought that um, the Tupker brothers looked really good in that game. Uh, Zachary ended up scoring a goal, or Ben. I I, I lost. I forget which one ended up scoring a goal, but one of the two scored. But they both played a good ben, game. Ben. It was Ben yeah. Tupker, number fourteen. And for, don't forget, Carlton Place picked up a guy like before 2018 star Nicholas Price. He was he was pretty good on that fourth line, if you ask me. He and had Keenan Reynolds made his debut. Yeah, Keenan Reynolds made his debut. Price had a lot of ice time, even on the power play for Carlton Place. What do you know on about the, Price, Mason? Well, for Price, I mean, I was talking well because um, he used to play with Connor Smart. I was talking to Connor Smart's dad um, while watching the game, definitely, and he mentioned about um, playing in the OHL with the Owen Sound Attack. He played there, and then in the QMJHL, he was traded from the Aurora Tigers and the. In the OJHL, because Aurora, Aurora Tigers in the OJHL, then got to Carlton Place in the CCHL, and he only played one game there. So he could be a big factor coming. Well, in the playoff time, he could be. I thought he was good out there for sure. So yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at Ottawa versus CP as you know one A, then if we're gonna go into Canada Hawksbury, which you just mentioned, that would that would be one B of the week because those two teams right now. Ha- Hawksbury cannot are tied for third in the central for points. Hawksbury has the advantage because they have a game in hand, or they might have a couple more wins too. But no, they they yeah. are tied with points. So well, yeah, they're tied with points, but they Hawksbury's played uh, one fewer games than Canada has, so that's why they're still uh, listed at three. 
But anyway, yeah, so Canada, you don't get a big 2 nothing shutout win at home on home ice. Uh, coming back from the break, Carrier, once again, excellent and in the hockey game. No, I mean, we got to talk about Gabriel Carrier. Well, let's just lay it straight on the line here. He's been un- unbelievable. He has 17-0-1 in his last 18 games. He hasn't lost a game in regulation since uh, November, or sorry, September 9th. Unbelievable for yeah. for a 17-year rookie. In the conversation for the best tender in the in, in the Central right now. In the conversation. Absolutely. And he just coming off a, a Rookie of the Year honors as well. And I think he could have had, or sorry, not Rookie of the Year, Rookie of the Month honors for December. Brett, when I look at that Rookie of the Month, it, it was almost uh, hands down his to take. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was a Goalie of the Month if, Le- uh, if Liam LaSalle didn't play like he did and get Cornwall to that uh, six-game winning streak. Yeah, sometimes you just uh, when when those awards come to fruition, you you come up against a guy like LaSalle that has just uh, stepped up to another level. But it shouldn't be taken away from anything that the carriers brought to the table. Like I keep saying, he gives those guys a chance to win every single start. He's proven that his record is stupid good off the charts, and uh, it's mind boggling. Boggling. Yeah, I think the only reason why Carrier didn't get that goalie of the month is because uh, LaSalle started all the games, and Carrier was he only made four starts. Uh, so I, that was, I mean, since LaSalle and LaSalle had two shutouts too, and Carrier did not have a shutout, but, uh, he ended up getting his third of the year with Canada. So overall, uh, a good week for the Canada Lasers. If you go down the, the power rankings, Rockland started off one and oh, they lost to Cornwall on a home and road series or road and home series to, to say, and then they won on Sunday. So overall a good re- a good week for the Rockland Nats, who start 2-1, and one, as well as Cornwall, who are 2-1 and one now, it, since the break. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. I mean, Rockland has been a bit of a struggle, I mean, between November and December, but they're definitely picking it up right now, and hopefully they can pick things up going into the second half of the season, and it's a really good start for the Rockland Nationals. I mean, and especially picking up a big win against a tough team like the Hawksbury Hawks, who were outshot in that hockey, re- hockey game. Sean Storr was that reason that they're there today, plus the three goals against Hawksbury were on the power play in the first place. And if you're Hawksbury, you have to stay dis- you have to stay disciplined. That's can't, what happened in that hockey game. Can't be taking penalties. No, and same thing goes with other teams like CP and Ottawa. Lots of penalties between those two teams. So to move on from Rockland with a 2-1 and one start to the break, or since the break, the Cornwall Colts. I mean, we just have to talk about Cornwall because I, I felt like for the first, like, 10 episodes we just never really talked about Cornwall but overall they continue to just stay middle of the pack they continue to be consistent I think that's where they like to be and I don't think we even mentioned yeah I it's it's like they weren't a part of the league almost <laughs> like oh yeah Cornwall you're kicking yourself no one really talks about them apparently you're, you're kicking yourself but, for what's well, because anyway, they play no, no, Thursday no, night I, I think that's a lost spot they like to be in you know they get they get to fly under the radar a little bit and they're right smack dab in the middle of the league pretty much at, at, at fifth overall um, they're a team that could they they could play upset against somebody in the playoffs. I think those teams, uh, Hawkesbury, Canada, Cornwall, Brockville, they're all pretty scary, all of them, to be honest. And I'm going to call it right now. There is going to be a giant slaying no, no, no. in the postseason this year. The Bogart matchup will not be Ottawa CP. Calling that right now. The there door, will be. Brian, there the will door, be. The door's right. There will be a giant slaying. The Either door, one of those two are going down. The door's there. That's okay. What? Do so we, would you have ra- to lay down to those two franchises would you, here? Or? So would you rather see CP in the final or Ottawa in the final? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm asking you. I, I, I don't have uh, a preference on either of those teams on which one I'd like to rather see in the finals. You know, I really don't have uh, Well, like, a if, if you had to eliminate one of them, Well, okay, one? fine. I'll, I'll pick, I'll eliminate Carlton Place solely for the fact that they've won four consecutive. Um, and not to mention this is an Ottawa Junior Senators Fred Page Cup year, so well, I think it's a little I'm, bit of a cooler story. As a, as a broadcaster, it's a cooler story. If the Ottawa Junior Senators win the Bogart on home ice to go to the Fred Page. On home ice. Also on home ice. Well, you know? as far as I'm concerned, I want to see Carl in place five in a row. I want to see five Bogarts yeah. in a row. Pretty impressive. I'm calling it right now. Ottawa, CP in the final. CP wins it on home ice on Sunday at, at three, three in their whites. <laughs> like last year, basically. In their whites. And the year before. And that was Zachary Tupker's OT winner. I mean, so the in the four in five games. That's and, that's and, a really bold call there, Dante. We're going to go out on a limb. And if Jason Clark is listening, that's coming out of the horse's mouth. So Holy. three p.m. Sunday whites. Yeah, that's how and, they get it done. And then Ottawa beats CP in the Fred Page. That's my prediction. Okay, well that's that's a little bit more, you know, on home ice. On home ice. No, I, I mean, I, I just I, I want to see Sheldon Keefe's record broken. I, I really do actually. That beat five. That, that ties in, and then, I mean, uh, CP just has to do one more year. Records were made to be broken. Do you want Sheldon Keith's record to be done, to be broken of five consecutive? I would want to see it, pretty much. I mean, but Carlton Place is losing a lot of players. Um, this sh- Well, after this season is over because wow. they, have a bun- they have a bunch of committed guys. I mean, but they also have a bunch of beauties in tier two that are, that are junior A players. Yeah, you know, and, and triple Ma- A guys too. Mosley and Bolton, Not obviously. A, but Mason, like throw throw the tier two guys out the window. Okay. Let's be quite honest. I mean, not all those guys are going to are leaving next season. They they still got some guys coming back. It's not like half their team is twenty year olds, right? Yep. Only a few. Oh, not, yep. Like think about yeah. Keenan Reynolds could still be there next year. He's in ninety eight. Yeah, you're Pete right. Francis all day. Yeah. Francis is there next year. So they're going to still have a good the, team. You look at the Tupker brothers. They're still there. They're going to get better. Yeah. Listen, they're scary. Uh, Michael Leach is 18. He's a 99. He's, he's he's performing very well as a backup goaltender. He could be a potential starting goaltender for next season for Carlton Plays, and he's proving it. Well, every single year, Carlton Place has rotated through their start, starting goaltender. Colm Point, last year Connor Hughes, and this year uh, Jeremy Forgette. It seems like every single year, uh, Clark, Jason Clark knows how to find a 20-year-old goalie for one season. Speaking of Colton Point, let's go to this topic right now. There you go, Brain Mason. Team Canada of the World Junior Hockey Championships wins gold, including Colton Point, who is the backup goaltender for at least one game. Uh, I, be- I believe it was against one Switzerland. Of th- against no, no, sorry, three- sorry, 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 uh, Slovakia. You got the yeah, shutty. Against, against Slovakia, 6 nothing. 20 but, saves. Yeah, Didn't face much shots, but Colton Point did his job in that hockey game. Yeah, but he didn't play much after that. So either either way, I really like to, to see Colm Point get that gold medal, and it just goes to show. Because I've been explaining to all my friends. I said, they're like, oh, yeah, you see that uh, Harp kid, the, that goalie for Canada? And I said, yeah, did you see the backup goalie, Colm Point, who's also one of the best goalies in college hockey and was one of the best goalies in, in the CCHL as a 17-year-old and had NHL scouts in the building in Carlton Place? And when he led them to the RBC Cup, and they're like, 
oh, I don't no clue he was playing at the Jim Durrell down the street from my house. And I said, yeah, there's good talent in this league. He's that's what I've been yeah. trying to tell people. He's a Dallas Stars prospect right now. No, I'm serious. Yeah. There's some good talent in the CCHL team. Really I've been just because you don't, just because you don't play in the damn OHL doesn't mean you're not a good <laughs> damn player. Look at Cole Point. He's drafted to the NHL. He's one of the best goalies in college hockey, and he's probably going to sign with Dallas. Yeah, I'm pretty, I, yeah. I think uh, the C, I think people that know hockey know the Central is a is is a good quality league. I've been telling people this year, arguably the CCHL is the is the highest quality junior A league right now in this country. Very arguably, Agreed. could be. Uh, with two teams in the top ten, and then several other quality, quality groups. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't get in a lot of fights with people about it. But, but uh, you know, one yeah. thing I will say is that the CJHL rankings is horse crap. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Dante. I would have to agree with you yeah. on that. And Nathan Hewitt made a tweet, it's, and yeah. he said, "Why is this team number one when there's only six teams in the league and they play 29 games or 28 to one? Look at Carlton plays 44 games." 37, 4, and 3. They deserve that number one spot. Yeah, they they do deserve it. And it's 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 hard when you have that much data coming in, right? So you, you have a hundred. They just go off winning percentage. I know, but that's yeah. like you almost have to do that because you can't have eyes on all these hockey games and make like it's, you know, their rankings made by probably one person who runs the website and comes up with this based on the statistics because when you have 132 teams to look at across Canada and that much data coming in, then it's tough to really make like a... And not all the teams are affiliated with Fully educated, you know, guesstimate as to who really is a true number one, who's a true number two, blah, blah, blah. But, right? I mean, in order for CP to, to stay number one, they, they what they really have to do is just win every yeah. single game. They, they would still be at number one if the uh, World Junior Challenge didn't happen on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, you're right. They, they, lost, be, they yeah. lost to Canada, right? Their, yeah. their roster was completely decimated. Like... You know? and, they were, and they would still and they st- and, and and they I still put up quality efforts every and the, night. And they still ran over Smith Falls. What was it, ten to two? Yeah, yeah, ten, ten, two around there. That's just, yeah. that's insane. Almost Pretty. a double digit win for yeah. uh, the Carlton Place uh, Canadians as we are almost ready to wrap up our first segment and then head to an interview with uh, Liam Soulier. Um, first things first, let's just throw this in there. The Fred Page Cup website has now been launched. You can head to uh, the website at www.fredpagecup. Dot com slash a point streaks so it's a point streak site but you can head to the new fred page cup twitter that is listed on the cchl uh twitter account uh also to mention here um hugo Roik has committed to division three university and is expected to go there next season he committed without playing a game brett yurk lasers broadcaster mason you broadcasted Roik for two seasons in nepean we'll start with brett on this one are you surprised Oh no, no, not at all. I'm just very happy for uh, for Hugo. Couldn't happen to a better kid. Uh, well deserved, you know. He's a oh, man. Th- that kid works hard, not only on the ice but off the ice. Um, always has the time of day for uh, anybody that comes up and and wants to talk to him. So very happy for Hugo. Yeah, same here. Very happy for Hugo. Right, call one of his final Nepean Raiders games before heading to surgery. Who he was almost out for at least a year. Colster year, at least 11 months. Returning the lineup makes a huge impact to that lineup for the Canada Lasers. Winning that big win, he could be a big factor going forward for this Canada Lasers team. Hugo Reich, absolutely fantastic. Congrats to him. Well, one reason why I think he committed to Castleton University is the fact that he's good in the books. He's got good marks. He uh, he won the Academic Player of the Month last season, so he could potentially win that this year. He's uh, studying uh, business 
at uh, I believe Carlton. Uh, I'd have to double check that, yeah. but uh, uh, he's a, he's a smart kid, good kid, plays the game hard. Uh, finally, probably one last trade before the deadline: Locatelli to Brackville to Brack Vegas for two prospects, Mason on the local. Oh, actually, no, you're going to talk about Jammer going to Navin in the deal. But Brett, your thoughts on the trade? Does Mister Six Foot Four Italian Locatelli bring a huge impact to Brockville down the stretch. Offensively, he does for sure. He's just, I think he's just sub a point per game right now. 33 and 35 games. Yeah, so he's, I mean, a point per game guy. Those are hard to come by in today's brand of hockey. And I think Six for a four. team like Brockville, adding a guy like that is a great move all day because they're heading into the postseason and they're a team that, like I just said, could cause but some he's trouble. he's a 97. They're going to lose them. They are, but, I mean, they're in winning mode right now. You know? They want to win right now. They're giving you up. make moves like that. They're giving up two prospects for him. Um, Jammer, we know him from the Ottawa West Golden Knights. He's in, he was in the Brockville Braves system, now to the Navigrad system. Kind of like a, they're rebuilding for the future. That's what the Navigrads are really doing in that uh, other deal. And I believe the uh, the other player, I'm trying to think. Simon Mack. Yeah, Simon Mack. I mean, we He's did... an 0-1 defenseman that's already committed. Yeah, already committed. That's that's pretty good. That's really good for S- Simon Mack. He could be a future-type defenseman, a really good right-handed defenseman in the future for the Navigrads within the next couple years when he, hits the, when he hits 18, possibly. He could be a stud out there. I mean, putting up numbers, putting up some good numbers on the power play, even some – even a playmaker – or even offensive defenseman, pretty much. And Jammer on the other side could be a potential power four that we could look to in the future. A big body out there. I mean, he's just 16 years old, Dante. 6'4". Yeah, a big guy. And he can hit. Yep. He can hit with the Junior A guys, Mason. Yeah, he can definitely do that. Hit, he can hit the bodies, definitely. He can score, too, some of the times. Hey, he's a pretty good player. He plays for the Ottawa West Golden Knights. Now... One thing to mention here, Brockville traded his rights to Navin. They don't have him under a contract. They traded his rights to Navin, so Navin has to sign him. And I'll tell you why this works for the Navin grads. It's the fact that Cameron Aub plays for the Ottawa West Golden Knights. That's Tony Aub's son, the coach of the grads. Tony's been APing a lot of Golden Knights players this season and is going to AP Justin Jamer is because he comes to all the Golden Knights games and has a really good relationship with Steve Sonnen and sits uh, with Justin Jamer's dad in the in the stands, uh, Dick Jamer. Yeah, don't don't forget uh, Connor Witherspoon, who was on the team earlier this season and with the Navin Grass, so there's... Well, he's released an- now. Yeah, well, now he's released, but another good connection for me back then, definitely, but still... Tony Ob comes to a lot of the Ottawa West Golden Knights games every Thursday night at the Barbaran. And that gives him the opportunity to watch... To watch Justin Jamer live. So I think this is a good move for both teams down the stretch. That's going to wrap it up for our first segment. Coming up next, Liam Soulier will join us here on episode 12 of Inside the CC.
Welcome back to episode 12 of Inside the CCHL here on CKDJ 1079 and on the CCHL podcast listening here on SoundCloud. As usual, Diamond Dante here with you as your host. Alongside me to my left is Brett Bonestiel, and to my far right is Mason Dietrich here at the Algonquin College Radio Broadcasting Studios. Before, we were talking about the biggest stories of the CCHL that happened since the start of 2018, the new break. Now we're very happy to join, be joined over the phone by Nepean Raiders goaltender Liam Soulier. Liam, thanks for joining us t- today, and welcome to the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. So obviously, first things first, for the average fan or someone that may look you up, they may think, okay, since you played in the QCHL, you're from Quebec. But really, as we look on your uh, Elite Prospects page, we look on your profile, you're actually from Brampton, Ontario, which is... Uh, uh, not too far, but an hour away from uh, Toronto. So why don't you take us back to the early parts of uh, of your uh, childhood life where you grew up in Bramp- uh, Brampton and you ended up moving to Montreal. Yeah, so my dad was working uh, in Toronto and he's actually from Quebec, my mom as well, and but he had to move there for, for work and most of my family is actually from Toronto. So we moved to Brampton and from one to five years old, I... We lived there, and then my dad got transferred back to Quebec. So at five, I moved to Quebec, started school over there, and started my hockey over there too. Any difference between uh, hockey or minor hockey in general in Ontario compared to in Quebec? Uh, I didn't play minor hockey in Ontario at all, actually. I just I learned to skate over there, and I, I started my pre-novice in Quebec when I was when I got there. So so what's minor well, hockey I like? Can't. Yeah, what's minor hockey like in in Quebec or in Montreal? It it's huge actually. Like you know, like the crowds are loud and people are really into it. Even though you, the kids are like six, seven years old, the parents like the stands are filled and they have their trumpets and they're they're noisemakers and they're just cheering us on all the time. And it's 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 actually really really fun. I have good mary- memories from back then. Were you a goalie since day one, Liam? Or- uh, so in pre-novice, you had you can so you didn't you the league didn't want one goalie to play all the time. They wanted to give the chance to other people because mm-hmm. they actually had their own gear and they would share it. So okay. we would rotate through everyone on the team. And when it got to my turn, I just really loved it. And when a novice, my dad asked me if I wanted to be a goalie or a player. I I just told him I wanted to be a goalie. I wish I had that option because I said since Adam, well, because I had to early parts of my life that I wanted to be a goalie, and my dad said, "Nope, you got to be a player. You got to start as a player." And then finally, as I got to Pee Wee, I, I finally made the switch to goalie. So at least you had it lucky, and obviously it's paid off for you uh, over the last uh, few years. You've been one of the uh, an up and coming goaltender. Um, take me back again to your your early parts of your life playing minor hockey in Quebec. What are some of the things you worked on as a young kid? Um, I actually worked a lot on my technique. I would always go to Toronto for John Elkins camp every year since I was like six. And I think that that really helped me get my technique to another level than just staying at home and just practicing with the team. I would always do extra camps to try and get that technique up. And uh, so I think in my early career, really go doing camps and the support my dad gave me is incredible. And he he like he brought me to camps in Toronto, six hours away, slept in hotels with me just so I can be a better goalie. 
take us through the QCHL that you entered in, had the best goals against average and the best save percentage in that league. Just talk about what the league is about, the QCHL from last year. Um, so the QCHL is basically like a, a league where, cause in, so people that go for midget and don't make the Q and they want to still go to school, they go in the QCHL. Because our, our junior A in, in Quebec, the junior triple A, schooling is, is like the, the you, could, you go to school, but you don't get the same uh, like help that you get in QCHL. Like you're really well surrounded for school and you go to your courses, you have um, aid from teachers from there's a there's a lady on our team that I was on edit that would always help every player you had trouble with the course you would be there to help you so it's really just a league where players go there to finish their CJEP or continue their CJEP and still play high caliber hockey and obviously it's worked out for a lot of the players in the CCHL and, and it get, gets bigger and bigger every season. Do you f- often find, especially last season, a lot of CCHL teams coming to look at certain players and now that you're in the league, you turn around and you see guys like Fayette, uh, Moran with Ottawa, who has, hasn't played yet, uh, Blanchette, Marlowe, and, uh, and LeBlanc over in Rockland. A lot of different players around the league that you played against or with last season. No, yeah, totally. Like, it's it started like don't not many people know about it and they should because it's it's full of talent. There's a lot of kids like Fayette and Blanchet that just lit it up last year in the QCHL. And even he played for Nepi and Francois Bassal. He like he's a he was really really good hockey player and he like it was it started small and it got bigger and bigger and it's getting bigger every year. And players are decide like are choosing that route rather than our junior A to go play because it's really the, the, like it's well surrounded it's it's kind of like NCAA like a smaller NCAA kind of did you you mentioned Felix Broussard is that right because you said it a little bit French yeah, yeah Felix also yeah I, <laughs> I mixed up my words sorry yeah I remember Felix he was with the Nepean Raiders last year he ended up scoring 20 goals and now he's playing division three hockey so uh, at the end of the yeah. day there it's it's possible that guys can come from there but do you find as a guy that came from that league at a younger age, you're 18. You were there as a 17-year-old um, playing yeah. as, a, as a starting goaltender. You had the number one goals against and save percentage in the QCHL. Do you find it's harder for guys to, to come to the CCHL at age 20 and finish their program there? Yeah, that's the thing. Like That's why I kind of left earlier from that league. I, so the visibility for NCAA scouts in that league, since it's like a newer league, it's not really there. And... Um, if you're if you're gonna leave at 20, you're gonna have to be good. Like you're gonna have to show some stats like Zayat is doing right now to get committed. Do you want? Because it's when you only have one year to show what you can do. Yeah, it's a lot harder to get noticed. And if you come in at 18, like like I did, and give yourself a three-year cushion or a two-year cushion to try and get a committed to get try and get a D1 scholarship. So. That's why I decided to make that move uh, last year. You know, when I look at the Central this year, and and you, and you just look at the lineup of goaltenders right now, there's actually nine guys <laughs> in the CCHL that have played like that are playing regular games. You know, and all nine of these guys are sub three goals against average, and they're all plus nine hundred save percentage. It's almost like the year of the goalie. Yeah. You know, in this league, talk a little bit about oh, yeah. uh, maybe like what you see from some of your competition around the league, and like it just seems like the level of goaltending on a nightly basis 
is really high in a, in, in a lot of matchups. No, yeah, totally. Like every night when you go into a rink, you know their starting goalie is going to be outstanding or he's going to – like you're going to have to – like three goals is going to be hard to do against goalies in this league. And like you have like Connor Hicks, Evenson, and then Forget. Like those guys, when you go up against these guys, like you, you know you can't make many mistakes or else you're, you're not going to win the game. So, yeah, definitely, like, I was impressed by the level of goaltending when I got here. Like, it's, it's, it surprised me totally. And even to see in the stats, like, you have, like, in the top 10, like, everyone's over 920 sort of thing. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I think it should be mentioned that, like, five of those nine guys have, have French last names, you know? Just who? Just throwing that out there. <laughs> French goaltending, baby. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, we got Carrier. There's uh, LaSalle. There's Soulier, obviously. Are you sure Carrier's French? 100%. Gabriel Carrier, <laughs> like you're joking right now, Dante. <laughs> like you're joking, right? He's, a, he's an Orleans guy. I didn't think he was French. Okay, well. Anyway, I, d- I don't know how you came up with that, but, but yeah. he's clearly French. So, so it's the the year of the goaltender. And then Boisvert and yeah. uh, Forget. Yeah. Oh my! You know? I mean, what? I don't know what it is this season. You you came over, but they're all young. They're all like 18, 19 years old. And do you feel there's it's just like a wave of new goaltenders coming in in terms of hockey in general that it's you know, more, you know, a lot of these guys are athletic. They're not big. I mean, outside of Connor Hicks, you and Boisvert and the other goalies in this league are more athletic. Do you feel that's the way goaltending is going these days, more athletic guys? Well, I, well, like, if you look your game, if you look in the NHL, you you have to be either big and athletic or just super athletic. You look at Jonathan Quick, who's just stupid athletic. Mm-hmm. Like, he's at another level. And you have Flurry that's athletic. Like, Carey Price, perfect technique, and he has athleticism to make those extra saves. Like, I think a goalie needs to be athletic to... It's it's not to make that first save. It's to make those hard saves make like look easy kind of thing. And you've been able to do that this season. Darcy Finley, uh, whenever we do interviews with Darcy at uh, Raiders games, he always talks... Uh, a lot about you and in, in terms of your style and your athleticism, but he mentioned to me that he actually saw you last year and tried to recruit recruit you last season. So why did you feel that it was it was uh, you know nice for you to go play one season in the QCHL and then come over to the CCHL and not go to the Raiders last year? No. So what happened is I played in the QCHL and then they called me and they wanted to sign me. And then so what happened is they had that 16 year old goalie last year. I don't remember. His name. Yeah, so he, they didn't know if he was going to go to the OHL yet when I, w- when I went to their camp. So they didn't want to confirm me right away. So when that happened, I, I went to look at somewhere else. So I went, and then I got a call to the NAHL for uh, Amarillo Bulls. The Jovis Giacobo that was there that you guys had last week yeah, or two weeks ago, yeah, he, he was with me over there. And things just, I was... I went there to try and make the team, and things didn't go my way, so I was left without a house to go play hockey, and the Peen Raiders just uh, accepted me with open arms, and that's how I got here. They, So I decided to go another route when they told me that I was, I was uh, had a spot on the team, and then things didn't go well, and they just still said, you know what, come over and we'll take you. So I'm really grateful for that opportunity they gave me. I want to go back to the QCHL. Not only you had the base, the save percentage for your team, but I'm looking at the playoffs here. I believe you guys won the QCHL championship last year. So how did that work down in your favor? Yeah, that worked out well, actually. It, 
it, uh, so what happened is uh, I had a concussion from like early November to like after the December break. So until like January 25th or something. So I didn't play much. And uh, the other goal, yeah, actually was the starter at the start of the, the second half. And he just, he, he played me a couple games only and I ended up playing better than the other guy and then showed up in the playoffs and just was in my groove and feeling it and it just I was I was just playing well and it was going well the team was playing well we really like we really had a good system and uh, it, it made the job for me easy to to make those saves I, I just had to make the first stop and everything else was cleared by my team before we let you go Liam um, you mentioned earlier in the show we will have another question from Brett before he actually uh, let you go but you mentioned earlier in the show about the um, the I mean, what's the team that Terrebonne plays in? What's that league? I'm sorry? What's the league that Terrebonne or Terrebonne or whatever? Terrebonne Quebec. Yeah, Terrebonne yeah, Cobras. Oh, uh, yeah, Junior AAA, the Cobras. So the Junior AAA League, why was that not one of the leagues you wanted to go into? A lot of guys, a lot of French guys in the league, and, well, Boisvert talks about it all the time, is that the, the fact that, you know, it's more uh, the top three teams in that league are really, really good, but then the rest are just watered down and there's not a lot of good uh, players. So is that yeah, something yeah. that you we, saw? Yeah, well, it's and it's not a goalie league, really. Like, it, it'll finish 14 nothing or, like, a 10-9 <laughs> kind of thing. Like, it's 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 not structured. It's oh. just basically garage league hockey. How we, it's, Like, that's how I see it. Maybe not for other people, but, like, don't kid me, Cobras, they're, like, they're really good. And then you have, like, Calais Francais that are really good, but then, like, the rest of the teams can't even compare to those guys. So, like, that's kind of the thing, too. Like, it's full offense, no defense, just straight, like, up and down rushes every, like, the whole game. That's basically all it, it is. And it never really appealed me to go over there. And I always had the dream to go NCAA, so, and that league doesn't really promote that they promote more of the queue so i just decided to come to ontario to come try and get a scholarship so wins are going to be a hot commodity as we're in the back half of the of the season you've appeared in 25 games this year 22 games left on the schedule it's pretty obvious you're going to get the bulk of the work uh for the rest of the season and you what guys are boy? are six back of uh of what is it, uh, Pembroke or, or? It was it was around Pembroke, yeah. Pembroke. Yeah. yeah, so six back of Pembroke. Um, what do you guys need to do going forward to uh, snag one of those eight playoff spots? I just think we need to play our style of game, play simple, not try and do uh, skill things. I think we just need to keep the game really simple, limit our turnovers, and we're going to need to win a lot of hockey games because teams are. If if you look at their win percentage and the amount of games they have left, we're gonna have to win over like seven hundred, like seven hundred percent, well point seven of, of our games yeah. to make the playoffs. And I think we can do it actually. Like we have a really confident group of guys. After the trades we made, we really grew as a family, and I think we're more of a family than we were at the start. And um, I don't think you guys should be surprised if we end up in the playoffs at the end of the season. Oh, one more thing before we go. You guys played against the Navin Grass to start 2018. You had your first uh, career shutout. Um, how did that transpire in the locker room like right after? What did the team say to you guys to start the year with a win? Uh, start the, the year with a win was, well, 
we were really happy, but we knew that it didn't matter because we had to win the other game. Like every game is a playoff game for us right now in the spot we put ourselves. So we just short memory. We we win doesn't matter. Move on to next game. We lose doesn't matter. Move on to next game. So we're really trying to focus on on the now instead of the past and the present. And uh, yeah, so I think our mentality right there is to just try and focus on what we can do in the moment instead of thinking about what happened in the past. Sounds good, brother. Thanks so much for joining us. That was uh, Liam Solier joining us here on Inside the CCHL. And again, congratulations on your first career CCHL uh, Tier 1 shout-out and uh, more to come. Thanks so, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. That was Nepean Raiders goaltender Liam Soulier joining us here on Inside the CCHL. And I don't know what it is, but every time we bring on a, a goaltender on this show, they do an excellent job. We He mentioned that uh, he listened to... Uh, episode 11 with uh, Joe Jacobo, and uh, he also listened to the episode with uh, Evenson. So maybe it's a sign that we need to have more goaltenders in the CCHL on the show. Just before I wrap it up, uh, Brett's thought on the year of the goaltender, and maybe to go more into that because you mentioned it earlier in the in the interview. Yeah, so your dad didn't let you play goalie, eh? Not not at first, and not my mom. First. Well, it's too well, expensive. My dad would not have let me play tender, no chance. But that's what Mostly because it was just too expensive and because you do a lot of standing around. The the reason why I wanted to be a goalie is because my godfather, uh, Franco De Caria. Oh, Franco De Caria. Oh, Franco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. I'm not even going to explain the story. Go ahead. Uh, 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 I wanted to hear about Franco. Okay, anyway. He was a goalie in soccer. Anyways, go. Oh, I'm sure he was. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you know what? Like I said, it's like any given night. If you have nine guys, I think a couple of them play on the same team, like a Forgette and a... Yeah, well, obviously Hicks and yeah, exactly. Bovair, For- exactly. Forget so, and uh, Leach. Yeah. So four of the guys are on, you know, two teams. But but still, you know, I, on any given night, like Evenson, like so good, man. You know, like uh, so Dobson. many of these guys are great goaltenders. Carriers right up there with the best in the league. What about well. um, the other guy, Bateman? Bateman had a good game uh, against uh, Nepean. Yeah. The comeback victory. Yeah. They were down two nothing in that game, and they kind of stormed back and uh, took it four two in the end. Well, I mean, that it was a good interview with goaltenders. I mean, I mean, like I said, I mean, we should have more goalies on this show. I mean, we like you mentioned, Evenson, uh, Jacobo last week, and now Liam Solier. I mean, and well, Oliverdi. Yep, we've had a lot of goalies. Yeah, we had Oliverdi in studio. We've had a lot of attendees on yeah, the show. Yeah, a lot of them definitely. So we will wrap it up here for our segment two of episode. 12 inside the CCHL here on SoundCloud and CKDJ 107.9. Back in a few. Coming up next, we will welcome Bennett Stockdale of the Canada Lasers onto the show. And don't look too far. He's been on a hot tear over the last few weeks. And getting through your heartbreak. Some kind of free same for me. Don't know what I need. Back to episode 12 of Inside the CCHL here on CKDJ 107.9 and listening online on SoundCloud. We were earlier talking with goaltender of the Nepean Raiders, Liam Solier. Joined with me to my left, as usual, our host Brett Bonestiel and Mason Dietrich. As usual, I am your host, Diamond Dante. Joining us for this segment is the red-hot Bennett Stockdale of the Canada Lasers. Benny, brother, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, no problem, man. And I mean, you're a local guy. How how nice was it to 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 get a big win, a big W with the boys yesterday in Nepean, a, a four to two victory, hard fought battle. I saw a little Snapchat from uh, 
from Bet Bonestiel that uh, a couple of the guys were really pumped up to to get a win in their their home rink that they played minor hockey in. So what did that uh, victory mean to you guys? Oh, it was definitely a big win for us. So I mean, a few of us, a few guys on our team played for Nepean the past few years, or some of them even I think maybe maybe may have even been released from them. And for a lot of us, it was a pretty big win. Did it bring you back to last season? Because it was the return of Hugo Royk. The last time Hugo played a game, he fought Luke Sepper, and you were on that hockey team last year. So it must have brought back a little bit of memories. Is that right? Yeah, that was definitely a really good fight last year. One of the, Probably one of the best ones I've seen. I remember that I mean, one too. Sepper, yeah. Sepper's a big kid, and Royk, Royk definitely held his own. But it's, it's tough it's, to say who won it, but it was a good fight. But I mean that that that's, that must have sparked the, the whole team to have Hugo back in the lineup yesterday, wasn't that? Wasn't it nice to have a guy play his first game back from injury after not being on the sheet for a year and play against his former team? Definitely, and you could you could definitely see he, he's been passionate about coming back for the past few months, and when he found out that it would be against the PNU, he was, he was pretty fired up. Oh, he was. Uh, were you aware that he was fully dressed yesterday while the boys were upstairs playing sewer ball? <laughs> Yeah, I was one of the like. <laughs> I came in like 15 minutes before the game, and I'm like, Roy, you're already ready." He's like, "Yeah, I've been ready for about 15 minutes." Yeah. <laughs> so it's, what a uh, guy! Oh, he I... would, he would do that. Because yeah. I knew him in the PN, so he's uh, he's an absolute great guy, and uh, he did a few broadcasts with me last year. So it was a uh, uh, great guy and a great uh, individual. So let's go and let's go back to your minor hockey days. Uh, you're probably since it says here that you're from Nepean, Ontario. You must have grew up. Uh, in the Nepean area, the Barhaven area, and played minor hockey in Nepean. Who were the, some of the guys or some of the things you worked on while playing minor hockey in uh, Nepean? Uh, well, I definitely played with – I kind of grew up with a lot of the kids all the way through from my, like, novice age all the way up to uh, – my. I soon went up, went up to Sens AAA, which is the AAA team. I didn't play the first year. I, I actually got cut from that team, but – Made some really close friends. Played, got to play with a lot of kids from my school, and that I, I grew up playing with, and and it was a good good experience, and liked it a lot. Uh, Mark Hauser was on that team. A few other Brady Elder, a few other kids in the league played on that team, and I, it was a good experience. I really enjoyed my minor hockey, and then after Sens, I went to Canada uh, Lasers U18. It was kind of a it was definitely a, a new, a different experience. It was a newer, the first year of the league, and it, I, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. And it was probably one of the better decisions I've made. I had some really good coaches there, and it got kind of got me in the door with Junior A as well. Playing, I got to affiliate quite a bit with the Junior A team that year, and ever since then, it's it it's paid off to be a part with or be a part of the Canada Ladies organization, and it's helped out a lot. I would say. How are you able to play with the Perth Blue Wings in the EOJHL that used to be called back then in the 2015 season while playing with the Ottawa Senators uh, minor major AAA? It was definitely my – it was a good experience. It was my first look at playing with older, more experienced guys. It was definitely – it was a good league. I, I liked it a lot. team was – we weren't the greatest team, but they had a lot of guys sent down from Carlton Place at the time and – they were definitely building in the right direction toward by the point I got there towards the end of the season, and it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. 
well, the next season, they went to the finals and lost to the Castleman Vikings. So obviously uh, things worked out. But it did did it feel kind of weird as a 15-year-old walking into the room and seeing 21-year-old veterans and, and playing against those type of guys? Yeah, for sure. And I'm not sure if you mentioned it. 21 as in, like, it, back then they had an extra year of yeah. junior as well in junior B. So it was definitely, it, it was a little bit, at, at the beginning it was kind of awkward, I would say. Like, they're kind of giving me the odd look who's this 15 year old kid coming out and playing with us. But I got to play with uh, Nick Mucci, who's, I, I don't, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but yep. it was, uh, he, he now plays for Niagara and it was a really good experience. And I, I liked it a lot. It was enjoyed playing with those guys. Yeah. There's a lot of guys on this roster that uh, br- bring familiarity to uh, Mason and I, cause we broadcasted, uh, we've been broadcasting tier two, uh, for the last three seasons, so definitely a lot of familiarity there. Is there one thing that you learned uh, going and playing junior as a 15-year-old or, or at a young age, even as a 16-year-old going to Canada, being called up in 15-16 from, uh, from midget and minor midget? I think it really helps from a physicality standpoint. you got to be a lot more physical and not only like like giving out hits, and obviously that's a big part of the game, but it teaches you to keep your head up and you, you always know that people around are going to be finishing their checks, and it definitely helped grow my game. And then that season with the Canada Lasers in 2015-16, you scored 25 goals and 52 points, both of those numbers career highs from the previous previous season where you had 14 uh, goals and 32 points. What was it that changed in that year with Canada's uh, midget AAA program was it just you training really well in that off season, working on some things, or was it the guys around you? Um, I trained really hard that that summer. I that was, I guess that would have been the year after I went to Peak Academy. So I was out on the ice all, all that year, and I built off it during the summer. And I and, and the guys around me were also really good. I played with Luca Nocio. Obviously, you guys are familiar with. Yeah. He's having he's had a great last two seasons with with Canada and uh, Dave Silly, who's he's playing in BC right now for uh, Nanaimo and he's having, he's having a really good season too. And uh, we were a good team. We kind of, I kind of wish looking back, we, we won telescope or the regional, we had a good opportunity to win that and the regional Ontario tournament, I guess it, to move on to telescope and it was a tough loss, but, it was, a, it was really good hockey, and I liked it a lot. So you look at, uh, like, last year to this year, Bennett. Um, I mean, you've already surpassed your point totals from last year, and you've played in 16 fewer games. And I don't think it, sh- it should come as a shock to a lot of people that you're putting up a lot of offensive numbers, especially being a second overall guy to Canada in, uh, in 2015. But what's up with the, uh, with the added production here this year? I would say confidence is a big thing. I'm, I mean, I don't think I've changed my game too much from the past, from last season or even the start of this season. I think it's just been a matter of getting confidence. And I don't know, I, I've, I've been playing with a couple of really good players. We've been gelling really well with Will Brochu and Chad Merrill. We've had really good chemistry so far since they, they stepped into the lineup and things are going pretty well. Yeah, and it seems like this year there's a great mixture of, you know, what I call the core guys, but that's only because, like, I, I know the guys from previous years. But, like, you know, you take in yourself, a Schroeder, Mark Hauser, 
uh, Boucher, Beaudry, etc. Right, like like the guys that know each other. But then you have all these new bodies in the room. But it just seems like the culture in the room right now. Obviously, I mean, winning brings that. But it just seems like you guys are are rolling really well together right now. It's a really cohesive group. Yeah, we've definitely all. I would agree with that, and we've all kind of accepted our accepted our roles, and we've all fed off of each other's like success, and it's really paid off for us. Now, when I look back at last season, you guys had you know two top guys in Paul Vela and uh, William Goche. Uh, Luca Nosita had a really good season. Now, when you minus those guys out, who do you feel are some of the guys that stepped into their roles, Vela and Goche's roles? Uh, even you can put it yourself in that list or some of the guys that stepped it up that needed to after you lost to those two key scorers from the year, year before. Because it looks like when I see that roster compared to last season to this year, mostly it's all the same guys, just minus about five or six players. Yeah, for sure. Jack Quinn's been a big help for that. I mean, kid's 16 year, years old and he's he's well over a point per game. and He's a, he's, he's a dominant player and he's, he's going to go far in hockey. He's definitely carried a lot of the like the weight that we lost from those guys luca was good last year but he's he's, a, he's been that much better this year I, myself i've produced a lot more so far this year merrill brochu i mean we, we've added the guys who we kept around have all been producing a lot more and sleeth another guy who we brought in who's been doing really well so, so with the addition of the new guys and the re- returning guys i think we've kind of filled those holes that we lost last year and, and it seems like everything has worked so going to this season before we wrap things up i i recently did a story on you guys the the, the lasers who are uh, 10-0-2 since their last since your guys last regular regulation loss which i believe was against cp uh if uh, if i'm not mistaken there and ever since then, you guys have been red hot. You've had, I believe, a shootout loss and an overtime loss uh, in that stretch. What is it about this streak that makes you want to guys go to the rink every single day and just want to have fun? When I spoke to Ian Henderson, he mentioned, well, hard work plus having fun is really contribute to that. Do you feel that that's what it is? Yeah, it's definitely a good environment to be around. And it, it feeds off from our from practices. Everyone wants to be there. I mean, we have extra sessions at Tuesday mornings with our, with our assistant coaches. And uh, a lot of kids go out to those. Like you can definitely tell from years past that everyone wants to be at the rink and it's definitely, it, it, it's, it's fun. We're having a lot of fun this year. Benny, one more thing. What's the, the, the place that you train at? I talked to Nathan Hewitt earlier this week and he says you've been spending a lot of extra hours at this place uh, outside of practice. Yeah. Our, our assistant coach runs a, he, he, I'm not. He works at Amps. Yeah. Amps Sports Lab. It's basically like a. They have a couple different things. They have a small. They have like a mini rink, physio place, and a gym. And a bunch of our guys on our team jump on the ice with him, Tuesdays, and then we go and work out. And it's a lot of all the the guys love it. We get Bateman out there, and Carrier would probably come if he want if he could, but he's got school, but. All the guys that are here billeting don't have school. They all jump on. It's a really good time. One last thing. We know Luca Nosita is a barber outside of playing hockey. Brett's shaking his head right now. and It's always back to the hair with you. No, I have to yeah. because uh, obviously, Benny, you've been getting fresh cuts from Luca. Is that right? <laughs> I haven't got one from Luca oh. yet. I've got one from his 
Luke, I don't know. I don't know if Lucas, if I trust him yet, but he's 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 been grinding. He I know he's been putting in the work to become a hairdresser, but it's mostly his brother and uh, one of his good friends who do most of the cuts for the guys on our team. Is that that's the Spanish guy, right? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not sure his ethnicity, <laughs> but he's he yeah I'm not yeah I no, think he's I'm pretty sure know, he's Spanish. He might be Spanish. Yeah, I've, his uh, name's Roberto. Yeah, that's Roberto Reyes. <laughs> Roberto yeah. Reyes. There is like uh, Franco Di Caria. <laughs> no, no, no. I bet. Listen, listen, Benny, man. I think you gotta trust him. Uh, no, that's what I'm gonna call you from now on. I like, I like it, because uh, I mean, it seems like they do a pretty good job. Because, uh, funny enough, the the place that he works at, I used to work at that place uh, back oh, in the really? day. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, they bought it off. Nice. Uh, I used. My family sold because we cut hair too. My yeah, they family. have beef. <laughs> yeah, we, we have beef. So <laughs> I, I, listen, I've known of the his dad's a really good hairdresser too. Anyway, so we'll wrap it up there because uh, uh, obviously he hasn't got his haircut yet from uh, from Luca, but he's getting it at the right place. So uh, thanks so much yeah. for joining us, Benny uh, or Bennett. Thanks so much uh, for joining us this week. Obviously, you've had a lot of success with Canada, and we hope this streak keeps going. Thank you. Thanks for having me on too. It's been a pleasure. If we go down, then we go down together. We'll get away with everything that shows them we are better. You stay in a battle. Welcome back to episode 12 of Inside the CCHL here on CKDJ 1079 and on the CCHL podcast, listening online on SoundCloud. Again, I'm Diamond Dante alongside me, Brett Bonestiel and Mason Dietrich. Before we were talking with Bennett Stockdale and Liam Soulier of the Nepean Raiders. And we're just going to wrap up episode 12 by saying next week, joining us, Hugo Roik of the Canada Lasers and Michael Logatelli of the Brockville Braves. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Those are two uh, two good interviews coming on, on top next week, episode 13. I especially can't wait for Hugo Roik because I called one of his final games. I, you wanna against... play, should we play the call? Oh, probably play that call for next week because I bet – you know, it's I was at least sitting, a minute, at least. He, I was, he sitting, retweeted it last year. I was sitting. I remember that. Like, about eight rows in front of you guys. That, yeah, I remember. I remember you were in front of us be, because I came and shook hands with you, but I didn't know Dante yet. Uh, I was down doing interviews. No, no, you were there, man. I remember you being on color and like. I, I, I remember the way you were sitting in the seat. I was I, like, "Who is this guy?" I, I remember. Like, I remember. I was like, this this was your posture in the seat. Literally, literally you're on color commentary. You're just like with my feet up. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. I swear, Mason. I remember it, Mason. I'm I was sitting down like this, with the mic on, or I might be going with my elbow. I mean, down towards the the right leg, and then my hand to my face. Okay, well, we much. were sitting in the stands. It doesn't matter how the hell we were sitting. Yeah. Can we just funny. stop? Uh, I want to say that, um, yeah, it should be a pretty good episode next week having uh, Hugo Roik and um, and Michael Locatelli on the the podcast. Uh, Quickly, before we wrap things up, we didn't talk about David Jankowski. This guy's tearing it up, baby. Absolutely on fire. He's got 28 Geno, 60-plus points. When I made that post that he won Player of the Week, Star of the Month, and Player of the Month on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday – and I talked to Jankowski on the phone. It was it was tough to take in. Just, you know, you get overwhelmed with that kind of stuff, and he's an absolute pro. I, and I think he gets it from his brother. I'm, I asked him about that too. Yeah, I think that if you take a player away from a team and who would it have the biggest loss 
it would be David Jankowski being removed from the Hawksbury Hawks. They would be I, I a think, way different hockey team. So that's why I think that David Jankowski is the MVP of the CCHL, not only because he leads the league in points, not only because he leads the league in points, but because if you take David Jankowski out of Hawksbury, see you later, Hawksbury. Well, they're like an eighth, see ya, they're like see eighth ya, place. See ya. I think they're an eighth place Yeah, team. well, no, like... Just gone, gone. So if there there isn't a player like that on any of the other eleven teams, where if you remove that player, that they're gonna completely change their dynamic. I mean, despite with Jankowski, I mean having twenty eight goals, I think he should have twenty nine goals because he got robbed one in the Pian about three weeks ago. Oh, where, yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I'm sure yeah. he's got robbed three or four <laughs> other times this yeah. season. He'll he'll I think he'll do you think he can hit fifty this year? No. What? No. Are you sh- there's like 20 games he, left. Yeah, 39 games, and there's like yeah, Hawksbury has 22 games left, pretty much. Yeah, they have 23 games left, and he's at what? Yes, 28. 28 goals. He's two away from 30. Okay, 40. How about that? No, yeah, I, I hit 40. I don't see 50. I don't see 50. I mean, that's like he's got to go what a goal a game. He can do it. You know how many goals he scored? He scored 12 goals in seven games in the month of freaking December. Can we okay, just well, throw that on the okay, line well, right yeah. now? Yeah. That's a number. That's seven, a number. 12 goals. No one's going to keep up that pace. I think he could. Well, do you think it's do you think if you take his brother and put him in the CCHL? What kind of what up? kind of wager could we make right now? You know? Like a fun wager like I'll put $10 on the table right here, you no, see. No, I don't it? want money. Like <laughs> I want like I sh- you should be forced to do something like unpleasant like I don't know. All right. I hear I know, on podcasts I, sometimes they're like, buddy has to watch like slap shot from start start to finish or okay, something. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. If yeah. Jankowski scores 50 goals, Mason has two. I don't think Mason's involved in this. What? I'm sure it was me and you, bud. <laughs> he just throws it. <laughs> yeah, but Mason's like my right-hand man. So yeah, pretty if, much. So if, uh, if something happens, Mason has to do it and not me. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, like what? Oh, you just agreed to it, so. Um... Do I need to watch a specific movie? No, you call an OJS game in pajamas. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! That is so savage. A onesie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. We're done. Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap so it up. So calling games on. So if he does score fifty goals, that means I call a Kempville game or a, or or a K Town game in. Uh, and not a suit because you always wear a suit. Yeah, because Mason I'm never a, wears I'm a, a suit anymore. He's slacking. I'm a professional. Mason, what are you doing? You're slacking these days. Dante, sometimes I wear a suit to games. Well, yeah, yeah. I sometimes do that now. I don't because from the great Carlos Verde once said, "Dress for the job you want, not the job you have." But I love my job. What the heck? I just want to he say said that. that. He's you know, yeah. Okay. I don't think Carlos coined that phrase, Mason. But you know, he said it to me once. You have to wear a suit for the rest of the year. R- really? Yes. That's a good thing. Mason, I wear suits. Hmm? Then you you can do the same thing too as well. Well, no. Do you ever wear a tie, Dante? I've no. never seen you wear a tie. I wear I've worn Dante's a tie. Dante's got that like one buttoned undone look. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I got the gold cross. <laughs> exactly. I wear my gold cross yeah. and I show off the chest hair like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's so Italian. Yeah, baby. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, wrap it up. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up here for episode 12 of Inside the CCHL. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, Hugo Roik, Michael Locatelli to join us, and we'll see you then.